Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Kiana Giles of the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team and the top women's university basketball player in the country today as she dropped 46 points in a game last week. We'll talk to her about that. Plus, Steve Schuster leaving his job as play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes after almost a decade. We'll talk to him about his new gig and his memories of Winnipeg on the podcast. Giles looking for one. How about it? 46 for Kiana Giles. And it puts Winnipeg up four with two minutes left. A career high for Giles. I was some guy on the call Friday on Canada West TV as Winnipeg's Westman's game against the Fraser Valley Cascades went down to the wire and Kiana Giles had a career high 46 points. The most by a Westman's women's basketball player. Since the team joined the Canada West Conference over two decades ago and third most in program history dating back to the GPAC days. Because of her efforts this past weekend, she was yesterday named Canada West Player of the Week in women's basketball. Today, named Player of the Week by U Sports, the top women's basketball player in Canada for the past week. She had a break in her schedule earlier today, so I was able to contact her and interview the fifth-year guard out of Sisler High. Started by asking her if that's the most she's ever scored in a game before. Yeah, most ever in my whole career, I think. <laughs> Even all the way back to youth basketball days? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> when you're having a game like that, with 46 or even anything really more than 30, do you have a sense of what you're doing in the moment, the kind of offense you're putting up? Because you had a ton of points by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I don't know, like just the... Um... A couple hours before the game, I was pretty upset. I was talking to my twin. Like, I told her I had a bad weekend. She said, should I just clear your head? Everything will be good. And I don't know. I had this sick feeling that I was going to score 40. Just a sick feeling. And then coming into the game, once I, like, get 8 to 10 points in the first quarter, then I kind of know I'm on my roll. And, like, once I get to 30, I'm like, okay, there's no stopping here. Might as well go, go the extra mile. Yeah, he had 14 points in the first, 24 points in, at, by the halftime break. Mm-hmm. And when you say sick feeling, like you, that, you say that in a good way, right? Yeah, just, just, just a feeling came about me. I said, okay, today I'm scoring 40. And I knew I was going to score 40. And at least 10 points in every quarter, very balanced effort. Uh, when you're putting together a night like that, do you just want the ball in your hands every possession? Or how, how do you try to still get your teammates involved when you're on a heater? No, one thing about me, like, if, I, if I'm if i not shooting the ball well or, like, sometimes the game just doesn't come to me, I know when to pass the ball. I know when to move it. But I don't know. The ball was in my hands. Like, what was I, 48%? That's a pretty good free throw, a field goal percentage. So, I don't know. I just, the ball came to me and it was going in. So, if it's not broken, don't fix it. 16 or 17 as well from the line. That's one of the better free throw shooting games you'll see. How much pride do you take in free throw shooting? How much practice do you put into that? Free throw shooting, I've always told those are free points. And my free throw percentage hasn't been the best. And I, I don't know. I just like, these are free points from the line. And adding 16 points from the free throw line is unheard of. So just take your time and see it going in. And the fact that a performance like that comes in a narrow win does that make it more sweet? Yeah. I mean, if I lost, I would have been upset. So it's good. It's good that we win because it shows my effort. And then to come back the next night, what's your reaction after a game like that? Do you have a normal sleep? 
when you come back and have to play the next day, are you thinking I'm going to score 46 again? Or, or how does that turnover work from one day to the next? Yeah, um, this year I've been struggling with turnovers. Uh, the turnover day, um, just my body being 24, it's hard for me to recover. And I know the second day I'm still going to play hard, but it's not going to be as productive as the first day. So for the second day, I didn't want to hold myself to, you got to score this again. I tell my teammates, I'm like, I'm not going to score 40 points every game. So, you know, time for others to step up and I do what I can. I had, I think, 16 and those 16 points came really late in the second half. So, yeah, yeah I don't put pressure on myself. 16 points in the game and, and almost all of them in the second half. Yes. But you yeah. got the win again, right? So exactly. the, the team this year has been ranked pretty much the whole year. You're in a position now, depending on RPI to maybe host playoff games, maybe not. We'll see what happens. But when you come off a year where you make the conference championship, when you make the national championship and you lose a couple of the, of the key players on the team, what was your expectation going into the season and, and how much did you put on your shoulders? My expectation, it's still pretty high. Like any team that I on, I'm on, I expect to do well. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't like scrap out this year at all. I said we have good um, key players, good role players coming back. There's no, there's no reason why we should, we shouldn't be as good as we are. And it's okay to lose a couple games in the season. That just makes us more resilient and know how to come back after a loss. So I'm, I'm unhappy where we're at right now. Four games to go in the regular season, including a win over Regina, who's in first place in the country. How far can this team go this year? We can go the mile. I have confidence in us. As long as we play good and stick together, we, we can go far. So you got the Bisons and, and a back-to-back coming up this weekend, a team that has not done all that well this year, but... What is that rivalry like? You, you've been in it now a couple of years. What is the rivalry li- right like within the city? Oh, it, it is it is strong. No matter what, like Manitoba, they always play hard against us. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the pride of being the the better school in in Winnipeg and the better school in Manitoba. So the rivalry is very high within the basketball and the volleyball community. So it means a lot to get these two wins, important wins over the Bisons. Is part of that because you grew up playing against players on that team, or are you at the point now where I'm not going to call you old because I'm older than you, but you've you've kind of you know the people on that team maybe didn't play with you because like you and Rizel, for instance, are are older than a lot of the players on the other team. Yeah, I don't know. It's for me, it's a sense of pride. It's like I never want to lose against any Manitoba team. I want to be the best Manitoba team. So yeah, and it's different being a bit older and some of the players I haven't played against. So it's 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 different. It's really different. Now, you're named uh, Canada West Women's Basketball Player of the Week and, and now the U Sports play, uh, Player of the Week as well. Do those accolades mean much to you? What, what do they mean to you? Um, not to say it doesn't mean much, but it's nice to like get recognized for hard work. But it's for me, it's not the end-all, be-all. I, I, I know when I play good and don't get the recognition, so I keep that within myself and how I feel. So it's It's nice, but it's not the the one thing I'm living to get every week. No. Right. Okay. Uh, how has uh, Alyssa Cox been as a coach her first year? Good. Um, coming, being a first year um, coach on like a, coming off a national championship game, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on her, but I feel like she's handling it well. And 
mainly the fact that this is not her team. Like she didn't recruit a lot of the players. I feel like she's doing a, a great job building connections and getting to know on a, um, us on a personal level. So I think she's doing well. And also juggling a newborn baby can't be easy. So for you then, with uh, who knows how many games are left in this season, but what's next for you after this year's done? We don't know. We'll see. You don't know yet? Yeah, I'm sure you've got Not a list of sure. possibilities, right? I always have plan A, plan B, plan C, but we'll see how, how I'm feeling, how everything goes. I can't give you a, de- a definite answer right now. Are you still looking to pursue basketball after the year's done? Yeah, we'll see how my body holds up and different opportunities. Well, we'll see. I'm not too sure yet. <clears throat> That's fair. You don't have to know right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, before I let you go, what when you look back on your basketball career, there's been a lot of ups and downs with injury and, and transferring and COVID and all that. Still playing at 24. How how, how much are you cherishing this season? <sighs> It's hard. It, it, it's hard, and this season means a lot to me just because it is for sure my last season playing youth sport basketball, basketball at university level. So it means a lot to me. I'm trying to soak it in and enjoy every moment of it. Like you said, being when I was 18, I used to make fun of girls that were 24 playing university basketball, but now I'm in this squat, and it's hard on your body. And, you know, it's different. It's different when you're 18 compared to 24. But I'm trying to make the best of it. Keep well, a smile. Keep laughing. Appreciate your time. Thanks for this. And uh, we'll see you at the game on Saturday. Perfect. Thank you. That's Keanu Giles of the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team. They are 12-4 and four going into their home and home with the Manitoba Bisons coming up this weekend. And by the way, they've been ranked all season. But the men are now ranked in the top 10. And it's the first time since 2000 that both the men's and women's basketball team are ranked in the national top 10 as both teams appeared in the U-Sports and coaches polls this week. Outstanding stuff for that program. A pleasant good evening to you wherever you may be and welcome to Amarillo National Bank Sox Stadium in Amarillo, Texas for Winnipeg Gold Eyes Baseball. It's great to be here for opening night here in 2014. That the first ever call by Steve Schuster for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes nine years ago and Steve has given us surprising news earlier this week. We learned that Well, the team needs to find a new play-by-play voice because Steve is leaving the team to take an analytics job with the New York Mets organization, specifically their minor league affiliate in Binghamton, New York. And Steve joins us now on the show. Steve, first of all, congrats on the new gig. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly you'll be doing in New York? Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks as always for having me, Christian. Um, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. It's very, uh, very bittersweet. A lot of mixed emotions this week. Um, but essentially what I'll be doing is uh, I'll kind of collaborate with the, the players in, uh, in Binghamton, the AA affiliate that I'm going to be working with, uh, the coaching staff and the, the analytics department back in New York um, on a regular basis to kind of help facilitate uh, player goals, player development plans, and uh, kind of strategizing against the, the opposition um, on each given night. And uh, just sort of using and trying to make sense of all the, the vast data sources that we, we have available. So um, in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it's similar to kind of what I've been doing on the side with the Gold Eyes the last few seasons. Uh, we've had a little more access to some of the, the modern technology 
Um, we'll just have a few more resources at our disposal there uh, with the Mets. So, so really excited about it. Did you take this job strictly because they're called the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and that's one of the best names in minor league baseball? <laughs> uh, that's uh, no, that's that's great. Yeah, it really is one of the best uh, names. They were actually the Binghamton Mets for the longest time, and uh, I think that Rumble Ponies change uh, only came about maybe two or three years ago, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. But uh, it, it's a great name, so that'll be exciting to uh, kind of see that on your uh, on your uh, shirt and whatnot every day. So you're doing play-by-play for for a long time before this, but when did you get the feeling that you wanted to to get into that more analytical side of the game? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've always had, you know, I've always been interested in, in you know, the analytical side of, of baseball. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd read the books and, you know, I'd pay attention to baseball savant and, you know, read the websites like Fangrass, but it was, it was very much kind of a, you know, high level cursory type understanding of it um, where, you know, I kind of got what, what some of the numbers were saying and uh, try to incorporate them into the broadcast. But, you know, it was, um, it was just kind of very cursory, uh, but it, it started really, I think in the pandemic where, um, I think a lot of people can, you know, relate to, uh, there were layoffs, I think in every industry and there was a lot of uncertainty kind of going on at that time. And, uh, you know, I just out of desperation, you know, thought, you know, I never really thought the gold eyes would fold, but, you know, again, there was a lot of uncertainty and you didn't know, you know, what things were going to look like if there was ever going to be a normal again. And, uh, I just felt it was a, a good time to maybe pursue things a little bit deeper and, uh, just try and learn some more um, technical coding skills. So I just took a bunch of courses online um, to kind of learn some programming and in, in R and some other languages. And it, it made it a little bit easier that um, you can apply that to uh, baseball data. And there's a vast amount of publicly available baseball data. So, um, you know, I think anybody can attest that when you're learning something, it's a little bit easier if you can apply it to something that you really passionate about. So, um, you know, that, that started, you know, right around the onset of the pandemic, you know, March of 2020. And, um, it just kind of built from there. And, you know, thankfully, you know, things did for the most part get back to normal. And, um, like I mentioned, the last couple of years have been really lucky to have a, a little extra access to some of the modern technology through the league, um, you know, to track pitch flight and ball flight, and, uh, uh, was luckily able to kind of apply some of the stuff I learned, um, you know, during the pandemic to, uh, some of the new data that we had the last couple of years. Take me back to the day you first arrived in Winnipeg. When was that, and what was your initial thoughts on coming here? I, I was I was thrilled. I mean, it was honestly it was one of the best days of my life when I, um, you know, Sam and Andrew. I, I remember it clear as day. They called me up. It was you know I think February of 2014. Uh, um, you know, offer the job, and uh, a little less than a month later, I think it was Mar- I think it was St. Patrick's Day of 2014 uh, was the day of finally. Uh, pulled up here in a, a U-Haul and, um, you know, it was, I, I'd been here, you know, a few times before that as a visitor, having worked uh, for the Wichita club in the American association and, and always had really, really good experiences. And, you know, that kind of played a role in wanting to apply for this job in the first place, but um, it's been nothing but great memories. I mean, uh, I've just been continuing to be blown away by how nice everybody is. I mean, even nine years into it, it's uh, a friendly Manitoba slogan isn't just a slogan. I mean, it, it's, it's a real thing and it's, uh, you can feel it everywhere. And, um, you know, the, the baseball side, it was just second and none. I mean, the, the gold eyes fans are just so unique in their knowledge of, of the game and the, the knowledge of the gold eyes, um, the organization and its history. And you could feel the electricity in the ballpark every night. So it was, uh, it was really cool just coming as a visitor a couple of times a year and, and certainly to, 
um, you know, make it my home here for the last uh, last nine seasons and experience that at Shaw Park every night. It's uh, it's, it's truly special, and um, it's probably the thing I'm going to miss the most is the, is the fans. How much of this for you was was going back to be closer to home for you? You're from New York, are you not? Yeah, so I, I, I grew up, believe it or not, actually as a as a Mets fan. So that was kind of uh, you know just icing on the cake, um, but that did play a, a significant role. You know, my my dad's a little bit older now, and uh, my sister I'm really close with. Uh, she's got a couple of uh, younger daughters that I've kind of gotten close with. So, um, you know, unfortunately, just with the arrangement, you know, right now, um, you know, with the gold eyes, I was really only able to get home, you know, once a year during the holidays, which was, which was great. But, you know, again, with, uh, you know, with a couple of younger nieces uh, and, you know, my dad getting a little bit older, I wanted to try to find a way to spend more regular time at home and, and also stay in baseball. So, you know, the fact that it ended up being the Mets and, um, and even the affiliate that I'm going to be working at in Binghamton is, is relatively close to, you know, where my family lives. That's just, just kind of icing on the cake. But, um, you know, that did play a sig- significant role in kind of taking this step. The fact that you were named broadcaster of the year in the association last year and also now have the record for most games called in the association's history. What do those honors mean to you? Uh, I mean, it's, it's humbling more than anything, you know, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, people took the time out to you know, even consider me for something like that. Uh, um, you know, I'd like to think that I did an okay job on the air. Um, you know, I, what I can say is that I, you know, I can promise the fans that I, I gave it my all every night. You know, I, I know, I think broadcasting, I'm sure you can, um, you know, agree with this. It's, it can be very subjective, whether a, a listener or a fan, um, you know, likes a play-by-play announcer or, you know, like somebody else, maybe better or, or less. So um, it, it's very subjective, but um, you know, the one thing that I am, you know, I can kind of rest my head easy at night is, is knowing that uh, I, I put, you know, whatever I had that given day um, into the broadcast every night. And uh, you know, the one thing that, that always uh, was, was a big thing for me, was just kind of respecting the listener's time because uh, no matter what the sport is and, and no matter who is listening, whether it's a, a diehard fan, a casual fan, a, a uh, family member, even a you know a non-sports fan that just kind of stumbles on the game on the dial, they're they're giving you a significant amount of their time, you know, on that given day or that given night, and um, you've got to respect that. So you know, I, I want to feel like I I was able to to do that. You know, um, you know, hopefully people enjoy the broadcast along the way. Are you gonna miss calling games? Uh, I'm I'm sure I will. You know, it's uh, I. I can't really answer that. I, I probably won't really be able to answer that until, you know, opening day in April and I'm at a stadium and, and not putting the headset on. Um, so I'm, I'm sure it, it, it's going to hit me hard at some point, but I am really excited about, um, you know, the, the new role here with the Mets and, and kind of the, the work really excites me that I'm, I'm going to be doing. So um, it's just kind of a different challenge and, you know, I haven't necessarily closed the door either on, on broadcasting all together. So um, but you, you're right. I, I probably will will miss it. Uh, just that that hasn't really hit me yet. What about the long bus rides? <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I, I, from what I understand, my my role is supposed to actually travel with the with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. So um, I, I'll, I don't think the bus rides are quite as long in the the AA Eastern League. But uh, um, I'm going to get my my fix in the bus for sure this summer. How do you pass the time on a bus? Because, I mean, I'm 6'5", and buses and airplanes are a nightmare for someone like me, but uh, how do you get by when you're spending so much time sitting on a bus like that, or do you just get used to it? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think you do kind of get used to it. Um, and not just me. I think, you know, the, the players that have been around for a long time and, and certainly the managers like, you know, Rick Forney and Greg Taggart, there's, I mean, I, I don't even know how many, it has to be in the thousands, uh, the number of hours that, uh, you know, we've all spent on the bus. You just kind of get in your routine and, you know, everybody understands that you're, you're kind of in a very confined space for a long time. And, um, you know, everybody, I think, respects each other's uh, space. So there's not a whole lot of people talking on the phone, um, not a whole lot of, you know, outgoing chatter. And obviously, you know, you get some, there's some good conversations and, and guys like to joke around from, from time to time. But I, I think for the most part, and, and this, this brings true during my time in Winnipeg, that uh, it's it pretty quiet, you know, honestly, on the bus. And, um, you know, really, you're, you're so tired. I mean, you're working anywhere from 10 to 15 hour days, even on the road, that uh, by the time you get on that bus, it's, um, you may not be sleeping comfortable, but you know, it's not that hard to, to kind of fall asleep and you just kind of do your best from there. Put aside baseball and fans. What are you going to miss the most about living in the city of Winnipeg? Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, I think all the people at the gold eyes office, uh, you know, Sam and, and Andrew have been just so supportive and uh, value the broadcast and kind of value the, the work that I've done. Um, you know, I've, I've I've told everybody, you know, I think everybody would be would be better off to have had the opportunity to work for somebody like Andrew Collier at some point in their uh, their professional careers. So I'm going to miss the, the the people there. I'm going to miss the people. You know, I've done some some side work with the the Jets and the Moose the last few seasons, and, and all the people in that organization and, and the people that work at the rink are are fantastic. So I, I just think it's the people here in the the city. And you know, like I said, you know, the friendly Manitoba slogan. It's it's not just a slogan and um, you know, I could, I could say that, you know, with a hundred percent, uh, uh, transparency from the bottom of my heart, that, uh, it, it's very much a real thing. And it's something that, uh, um, I just thank everybody for embracing me. What about the fact that you're getting out of Dodge during maybe the coldest week of this winter so far? <laughs> well, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's come full circle because when, uh, so when I first moved here, uh, when I came here in March of 2014, that was the, uh, I think it was like the colder than Mars uh, winter. It was the, I, I'm not sure how many years have passed since it had been that cold, but it was, uh, it was the coldest winter in Winnipeg and in, in quite some time. And uh, we're, we're kind of in that territory these, uh, these past few days. So uh, I guess there's some good symmetry there. So you're about to, to depart. Uh, are you bringing a lot of gold eyes merch with you? Will you still be a big fan of the team? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's been mixed emotions. I, you know, I could have seen myself, here for another 10 plus years to be honest if you would have been really happy doing that it's just kind of the, the right fit at the right time and you know I'm, I'm you know kind of sad and I was looking forward to working with Greg Taggart uh, who's going to do a fantastic job as the manager um, you know he, he and I had a, a good relationship when he was at the Rail Cats so you know I'm wishing him nothing but the best and the front office the team the players uh, that, that are coming back uh, you know I'm, I'm going to be following him real close and uh, you know, hopefully they can win a fifth championship here in uh, season number 30. And now you can openly cheer for the Mets, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been a few years since I've been able to really, uh, follow them close, but, uh, yeah, now I'm going to be following all the, all their, the Mets and all their affiliates, uh, on a regular basis. So excited about that. And I mean, they're spending a, a buttload of money, so they should have a good chance of going far this year, right? With Justin Verlander yeah, yeah. coming in and who knows who else is coming. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, definitely an exciting time just to to kind of be a Mets fan. So it's uh, when I was actually back home in uh, uh, over the uh, Christmas break, and and I know obviously it fell through, but 
uh, had like a Mets t-shirt on and uh, some guy was on the corner at stoplight saw it and he's like, Hey man, we got Carlos Correa. Like, let's go Mets. And, you know, I kind of said to myself, uh, I, I missed that, that energy. And, you know, obviously uh, that, that kind of fell through and he ended up uh, going back to Minnesota, but uh, it'll be cool to kind of experience that on a regular basis again. Well, Steve, I appreciate uh, all you've done with us over the course of the years, being very hospitable and getting us players on the show and uh, best of luck with everything as you go forth in your career here. Yeah, thank, thank you to, to, to you and, and Kelly and uh, Jim and everybody else at uh, CGOB. You guys do a fantastic job with uh, with everything. Bombers, Jets, Moose, uh, really enjoy the coverage. Uh, you guys kept me a lot of company during the, the lockdowns during COVID. Um, so I just appreciate all that. And uh, just thank you to everybody for, for listening to the Gold Eyes for the last nine years. Steve Schuster, outgoing play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. We wish him the best of luck as he heads off to the Mets organization in an analytics role. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this we try to walk.